of God's amazing grace. You see that theme all throughout our service today, how God's grace has afforded us this opportunity to come together and be with him as family. Also, the theme of children, how we are the children of God. Um, Our scripture is from 1 John, the third chapter. It's the first through the seventh verse. And it says, how great is the love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or knows him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our heart that we may hear these words of John as he spoke to the early church of being part of the family of God. Let us claim this kinship in all that we do so we may know the full measure of love in our lives. Lord, bless us that we may grow in grace today and be part of this kingdom that you have established that is eternal. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I, I, was, I was just so blessed by the young children today. I, uh, we have been blessed in so many ways. These children, they hold just in each one capacity of great things. They carry our genetic code. They carry our hopes and our dreams, our fears and our tears. And these are all the children, all the children of our um, of our church. And this is a blessed church, Spring Hill. It's good to know that we have leaders like Miss Charlie and others who have committed so much to help our children see the truth. We are a church of, of deep care and compassion. We are a church that loves our children. We, we uh, see this as a vital ministry in our midst. And that's what this scripture is talking about today is that we are the children of God God is great. There's no greater word, I guess, than God is great. And God's greatness lies in his capacity to love us and to show us that he is our father. He uh, is our parent. He loves us, so um, so he provides for us. He's created a world in the midst of a darkness that covers space, a world on which life can grow. He's created a place where water is abundant and life is abundant that we may have life. He has provided for us. In fact, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray for our daily bread. God has provided for us daily, just as a parent, a loving parent, provides for a child. And that's what John is saying. He says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Now, the word there doesn't mean just given a portion. It means he has overflowed his love upon us. 
Each and every day when the sun shines upon us, he has given us that perfect place around the sun so there's enough heat to sustain the life that we live. He's given us the light that we may claim it each and every day and be called the children of the light. He has lavished love on us. Um, When I see the pictures of what happened in Syria and especially the young children in the chemical attack, and it had profound impact upon the nations of the world, especially Britain, France, and the United States, and that we were able to respond to that attack. And I know there's politics and everything, especially this day and age, but those children, they suffered in that attack. The truth is God loves us, and he has provided a way for us to claim that love in our life. God is great, and he has provided It's the most profound thing that can happen is to be a parent because when you become a parent, you become vulnerable to love. To say it in a kind way, your heart becomes vulnerable to love because children, well, they can be a mess. Isn't that right? They can just be a mess. They seem to get into things and they have lots of questions. Children... um, seem to sometimes not know what rules mean or what they are. But children, when, when they're so special, there's nothing quite like them. Because you look at them and you know that within that young person, there lies not just the potential, but the capacity to not just fulfill what you think, but to be who they are. And that's important. For when God looks upon us, he does not just see uh, an angel, an angelic being he's created for a purpose, like Gabriel or Michael. He sees a child that has capacity to be as he is, loving. And that is how God has created us. He's created us with this capacity of eternal love. And that's why he is great. And we know the, the saying, God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. You know, the blessing uh, prayer that we use. God is great. He provides for us. I think back to my own childhood and how I grew up the youngest of my family. And I think back to the many times that I can just remember and see the images in my heart, in my mind of those moments that I knew there was true love. Back in 1989, after my sister and her family perished in the house fire, we drove over to Stonewall, North Carolina in Pamlico County to be with my parents, of course, as we were picking up the pieces and trying to figure out what to do and where to go in the midst of this great loss and tragedy. And I remember my father, he looked at me and he looked at my brother and he said, let's go. And I didn't know what he was gonna do. And he said, let's just walk. And we started walking around the town of Stonewall And he walked ahead and I walked behind and my brother was beside me and we walked and my father didn't say a word and he just walked around the town, the whole town. We walked for about an hour and finally we ended up at the church. No words were spoken. We looked at the church and I looked at him and I was looking at him to try to understand how I should respond to this moment when my heart was broken because I loved her so much and her 
family so much and now this love seemed to be lost in my younger mind and yet he looked at the church and I looked at him and I saw in him hope and that hope gave hope to me because children imitate parents, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worst. That is why being a parent is such a hard task because, well, they expect us to do what we're supposed to do and we sometimes struggle with that, but let us not forget that love is able to overcome. God is great. We should imitate God. We should imitate his love that he has for us as we show our affection and our love for one another as we are called the children of God. Now, I know that's not sinking in yet. I know that we're just hearing the same old sermon about us being the children of God and we should be filled with love, but let's start to look deeper into this process of the belief that God has given to us. Not only is God great, God is good. And the good of God demands the good of us. See, we live in a world that they're trying to make everything gray, where there's not a right, not a wrong, not a left, and not a right, not an up, and not a down. We live in a world that's trying to take away all the absolutes because somehow they feel like the absolutes limit us, but in reality, they're trying to take away the absolutes because if they can, they can take away the identity of us, of who we are. And the truth is, there is a good and there is a bad. Dropping chemical weapons on children is bad, period. End of discussion. No more. You ever had that happen in your house? <laughs> Wait till your daddy gets home. Or your mama's, oh my Lord, have mercy. It was my dad and my family. My mother, she was merciful. Oh, she, she, uh, she would always prepare, you know, the chicken, and she, she had the ice-cold tea. It's got to be ice-cold if it's tea, you know. And, and, and she was the comfort of the heart. And, and she said, oh, you gotta just you, you got to know they're just children. But my dad, when he walked in the door, he was the law. See, and at the point, I didn't know how much love that was. I thought it was more uh, about other things instead of love, but he was always looking at this knowing we had a ways to go. We have a ways to grow. God calls us to something more. And that is what John is saying. Not only are we the children of God, that's who we are. Now, now, we're, now we're starting to get near it because now we're starting to see there's something going on. Our Father is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Our Father is the redeemer of the cross and the empty tomb. And our Father is the sustainer of the Holy Spirit that gives us breath each and every day. We are not what we seem. We are more because we are the children of God. In other words, our daddy can take care of it because our daddy is the Lord Almighty. Our daddy is God. And when we start to claim that in our lives, we start to see things are possible that we never dreamed were possible because we think we're somehow limited by a finite 
place by the genetics we're giving, by the weakness we may inherit, by the temper we may hold. But the truth is, we have godly characteristics within us because he is our father. So what are these characteristics? What are these good characteristics of our father in heaven that he has given to us? Well, our father likes fun. God likes fun. Now you're saying what? God likes what? He wants fun? There's no greater joy in heaven than to see the children. To see the children play and enjoy themselves just like a parent enjoys a child. God enjoys when we know the truth of life. Life is not meant to be lived in misery or in discomfort. Life is meant to be lived in hope and promise. God is purifying us. It says that everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. See, this characteristic of purity is one that is overlooked because we think the world has the capacity to stain this divine element within us. But it does not. The world cannot take away who we are. Our genetic code, our DNA that is divine, that is part of the family of God, that God has given to us. The angels of our better nature will always win out over the devils of our lesser nature. Let the world have its way, but it cannot stop the truth that God is our Father and He's given to us the capacity to enjoy life, to find hope. Now, uh, yesterday, I didn't get to play the golf. I hung out with Brad. I was his assistant. Isn't that right, Brad? And we had a good time. Now, when the players come in, the different teams come in, I figured I would sit at the table and impose my moral authority to make sure no one was, uh, uh, what's the word, fiddling with the scorecard? Is, is that a way to describe it? Now, I want to tell you, our, our Cummins brothers are, are, are the most honest and the most high integrity. And so we didn't even care about their card. We knew it was proper. Isn't that right, Brad? We just let it go because we knew it. But there were some there I was a little bit suspect of, but I didn't say a lot. And I just looked and I would kind of look at them like this. And they would say, and this is what they shot. And they're shooting eagles and everything. And I didn't see no eagles flying around out there. And I don't know. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, our Father expects us to be honest. He wants us to look at our lives and say, this is what it is. And then God takes what is, and he makes it into what it can be. Now, if you've ever played any golf with me, you know that I'm grace-filled. If a tree has gotten in my way, the Lord put the tree there, so I have the right to move the ball because the tree is in my way. I just see golf a little bit different. It may not be by the rules, but I see that it is, uh, it is a sport of frustration because the truth is, why are we hitting a little ball around cow pasture? I do not understand to get it in a little hole, but it is what the sport is. And I think God puts me there for the purpose of others who play to help them know the presence of someone who is called and also to know that I'm just as human as they are with the same mistakes. See, our God calls us to be purified. In other words, we're in a process of purification. 
And that process is getting us ready to enter the house because we're not ready yet. We've got to clean up. We've got to straighten up. See, God expects us to be good to get ready for heaven because in heaven, the good becomes the great. And like him, we must be pure to enter into his presence. And that's why in the next part of this, John, he makes it known that everyone who sins has broken the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But he says that he has come so that we might have sin taken away. Now, now sin is greatly misunderstood in this world. Sin is seen as somehow a legality when in reality, sin is a relationship. It's a relationship breaker. In other words, sin breaks the relationship. Sin enters in and causes us to hide from our father because we are ashamed. Think about the garden story. Here you, have, uh, here you have man and woman, they're together, they've committed sin, and what are they doing? They're hiding from their father because they know they've done wrong. And, and I tell you, children know they've done wrong. They'll clean their room or they'll hide and you have to call them in and say, what's going on? And they'll start to say, and once they start to say, then you're looking at the process and you're saying, how can I help this child to grow and to understand and to become the person that I want them to be, but also helping them to understand that their mistake does not bind them. Their mistake will help them to overcome so that they can know the grace of God. So it is a relationship, not unless we somehow are, are flawed in our thinking and think somehow we should hold it against them. Sisters and brothers, to be a good parent means forgiveness is the core element, that we not only learn how to forgive, but we show love and compassion to those that we love so that their love can be fulfilled. See, sin is lawlessness. It means that it no longer is able to help the person grow. It causes the person to decline. And if you think of families that are broken apart, it's always because they have not partaken of forgiveness. And forgiveness has the power to overcome. And our Father forgives us, but He doesn't just say, it's going to be okay. He says, now go do something about it. He says, okay, but now go do something about it. Be the person I created you to be. You know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins is what John said. And in him is no sin. So we're saying, well, we can't be as good as our daddy. Our daddy is without sin in heaven. Here we are with sin. How can we ever enter into his kingdom? Sisters and brothers, you don't have to be as good as God. You just got to love God. God is good. God is great. We are his children. And we're not ready yet for eternal things. Think about it. I mean, we're struggling with just things that only exist a few years. How are we going to handle something that exists for eternity? I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I shared it with Leon. I said, nothing. It's just so much. There's so much. Every century, we're defined by war and genocide and pain and suffering, and the human species is worse than a pack of sharks 
constantly attacking each other and destroying each other. And we can't even go through a single day without there being a fight and, and without there being a tragedy, without there being a sorrow. And it's just sometimes it's overwhelming when we think of all this brokenness that exists in our world. And our world continues to get even more broken as it grows so-called wiser. But in reality, it's not wise because sin is breaking it down to the core. And we somehow think we can create a sinless society when the truth is sin binds us even more and more. And the voices that should be proclaiming freedom and hope are growing silent while those who are proclaiming war and fear are increasing. And our world is increasingly divided and is breaking apart our families and, and our traditions and our teachings. And the church is struggling to keep up because it's not allowing God's spirit to enter in. And it's becoming weaker day by day. But let it be known our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our Father has given the power to take away the sins of the world through His Son, Jesus Christ. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or knows Him. Dear children, John says, do not let anyone lead you astray. Years ago, I listened to the radio here. My father pastored at Kipling Cokesbury, and on the AM station, they played the radio recording of the Jonestown tragedy. And as you know from your history, there was the terrible tragedy of the people committing mass suicide of this cult following, and the man's name was Reverend Jim Jones, who was the one who led that tragic event to take place. I want you to know that he tried to become a Methodist preacher in the California Pacific Conference, but our psychological evaluation kept him out of ministry. So he went down the street and started his own church. He became his own bishop. He became his own god. And then all those people died, especially the children given the Kool-Aid. And you can hear it on the audio. I even recorded it on an old cassette tape. I still have it. And you can hear him saying, just drink the Kool-Aid. And you can hear the children crying. And you can hear them coughing. And then you can hear the commotion of the people getting in line. And they're about to end their life because this bad, evil man is leading them astray. And as I listened to that, I kept wondering how in the world could this take place? It was shaking me to my core in my teenage years. How could someone be so evil that he could do this to the most innocent? And I found the answer through my studies. I know why. John says, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. In other words, your daddy doesn't ask you to hurt yourself. He doesn't expect you to take the lesser road of your nature. He wants you to be not only the best you can be, but to be who you are. This man led them astray, and by the grace of God, I know those children are in the arms of Jesus even now because his judgment is assured and his righteousness is true. But I can tell you, he, that man, burns in the fire. 
because judgment is upon him. I have no sympathy for those who lead a child astray, those who have lost sight of what the true purpose is of the kingdom's work. Sisters and brothers, the only hope we have is a loving and forgiving God, a loving and forgiving Father. I no longer have that opportunity because of life and the way life has worked out for me. Having lost both my parents, no longer can get on the phone and say, Dad, I need your help. But I can get on my knees and say, Father, get me through this. Even this past week, I have done that. Because the truth is, there's not a day that goes by that I do not need my loving Father in heaven to help me through the challenges of life. Today, that deputy is going through a life-changing experience. That's what Brad and me were talking about earlier. He came here, by the way, to the church after we had some of our incidents, and some of you know him and his family. To be shot twice like he was, he's going to have to overcome some things and realize his own mortality, which he clearly has done, but also to know that he belongs to God and God protected him from harm. Our God is alive and well. Our Father, he is here and he is with us. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. My prayer is this. Know who you are. You are a child of a living God. And know whose you are. Your Father loves you. And he expects us to be all in who he is. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we gather here, we gather in a world that does not claim this, a world that does not know this, a world that thinks its life is its own, and it lives and it dies to that end. But we know who we are. We belong to you. You are guiding us each and every day. And sometimes, Lord, you close the door so we will not enter into that temptation. And sometimes, O oh Lord, you open the door that we may enter in and bring your peace and your love. Lord, guide us in all that we do and let us be prosperous in all that we do so that we may give you the glory and the praise. Let us bring our first fruits to you, knowing you are the reason. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen. Our final hymn is hymn number